You're listening to the David Bumble Networking Podcast. Very good day interviewing a lot of Cisco engineers. We discuss all things networking, CCNA, CCNP, CCIE, Python, automation, the books, the exams, the future, your career. Another long day at Cisco Live. We talk to the authors, the experts, the leaders, and people like you and me. David Bumble coming to you from Oxford in the United Kingdom. Now, here's your host, David Bumble. Hey everyone, it's David Bumble once again coming to you from the UK. As always, very happy to be talking to Hank Preston, who's at a lake in a very nice part of the US, I believe. Hank, welcome. Thank you, David. As always, it's it's fun and I'm looking forward to chatting with you again today. Yeah, so Hank, this is going to be a bit different to our normal conversation. I mean, we have done a, quite a lot of sessions talking about a whole bunch of topics, but you actually have a whole show of your of your own, I suppose, is what what you could call it, um, on YouTube and a whole section on Cisco's website. So, you know, without me spoiling it, can you introduce that and just tell us what it's about? Because, you know, everyone wants more content, and you've got a whole bunch of content there. Yeah, absolutely. So the the show is called NetDevOps Live, and you can find it up on DevNet at developer.cisco.com/netdevops/live. Um, and what it is, is it's, it started uh, last fall, and the idea was putting together kind of a weekly webinar series that would also be made available kind of obviously after the fact in video format, covering different topics around network automation and net DevOps, from Cisco's tooling to the open source community to best practices um, to just tips and tricks that are out there. And so I organize it and I host the webinar, but what I actually have done is I've reached out to the folks that I know inside of Cisco um, that are specialists in different topics like Ansible use cases or um, Cisco NSO or PyATS or just best practices around development pieces and ask them to come in and, and kind of talk about the types of things that they've got um, on different topics. And so each season we assemble, uh, before the season launches, an entire schedule um, with some, some, usually there's some bit of a theme that goes in. Um, and then we, we publish what the entire season schedule will be, what the dates are, it's all locked in. And then every week, every Tuesday um, at 11 a.m. Eastern time here in the U.S. And then uh, what, however that translates around the globe in, in time zones, we go live on a WebEx event so folks can kind of watch, ask questions during the session. And then after the fact, I go ahead and we, we edit those videos together, make them look real nice, and publish them up on YouTube so that people can find that content um, whenever they want and kind of dive into them. And we are, um, we've gone through one season already that finished last fall, and then we started this uh, kind of winter, or this spring, season two. And we're coming up on the tail end of season two. We've got, as of our recording date today, four sessions left. Um, in season two, and then uh, we'll start planning for kind of the future of where we go from here. So Hank, that's great. So I mean, first thing, this is actually a live session, hence the name, is that right? So people attend live. Yeah, it is. So when if you go through, and, and here we can we can see the site that goes through, and we, I, I jump down to season two, and then you can see here at season two, kind of the ones that have already gone through. And so we started season two back in April. And so we started the first episode in season two was Python skills and techniques. And you can watch this one whenever you want. But if I scroll down to where the, the, the future episodes, the ones that haven't run yet, and uh, it's down here a bit, there we go. We can see you can register for the upcoming episodes. And so each one of these, if you go ahead and register for it, it runs as a, just a WebEx event. You can sign in and watch the webcast live as we kind of go through it. 
So this upcoming Tuesday on June 4th, again, as of the when we're recording the session, I'm going to be doing um, a really exciting session on automation best practices for as far as security goes, things to make our network automation scripts um, more secure, kind of do things a little bit better in that space, because it's a topic that's come up a lot. Um, but and I figured it was about time we tackled it as a topic and NetDevOps Live is kind of the perfect framework and timeline for us to do something like that. Yeah, so that's like a really important topic. Is that like, you know, trying to not put your passwords in clear text in your scripts type of thing? Exactly. Actually, the majority of the session and the demonstrations are tackling that specific question, strategies where you don't where you don't want to put usernames, passwords, IP addresses directly in your code. Um, and we go through a couple of different examples from fairly straightforward and easy to go through um, all the way up to more complex where we actually encrypt them in external systems and kind of talk a bit about how sources of truth and, and those types of pieces factor into um, to kind of network automation strategies as it goes through. Yeah, I mean, so this is great. So depending on when people are watching this video, because um, you know, I see you, you've got a session at Cisco Live as well. I mean, if if they watching this before those launch, they can register, join you, but afterwards they could just get the videos on YouTube anyway. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So as soon as so like on two, uh, this upcoming Tuesday, I'll I'm actually delivering this content on Tuesday. So I'll I will do the session. I'll capture all of the content for it, and then over the next couple of days, I'll edit it down, and it'll get turned in and then moved from an upcoming episode to a future one. And so you can see here, our most recent episode was uh, building applications with Cisco DNA Center platform. Um, we had this one this past Tuesday, and I've got it on my queue actually for this afternoon to edit that video down, and then it'll get posted here. Um, if I scroll up a little bit farther, you can see the, the one from last week was a, another session on network testing um, and using PyETS. And so you can see the videos posted there already. So as soon as I can, um, I edit those videos down and we post them to YouTube and then link them here so that people can watch them. And then every episode, you can see here, we've got this view webinar resources button. So during the episode, the presenters will talk about um, learning labs and sandboxes and, and documentation resources and give demonstrations and code samples. And you can find all of those um, just by clicking the view webinar resources. And so you can see you can download the presentation slides, get links to all the sample code that was shown during the session, and then all of the relevant kind of documentation, both from DevNet as well as um, outside of DevNet across Cisco or even the open source world, depending on kind of what topics were covered in that video. Suggested learning labs, and of course, always the sandboxes so folks can kind of practice these things um, without having to stand up a lot of their own infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, the important question, and I know, I know we, we, we've, we've hopped on this many, many times, but I'm gonna ask it anyway, just sure. for anyone who's new, is this is all free, is that right? Yes, absolutely free, yep. You can go ahead and, and access all of this material. You can um, kind of watch the videos. You can register for the sessions. Now, we do encourage everybody to register and become a member of the DevNet community, because um, that helps us kind of understand our audience. And then, um, uh, you can go ahead and get access and, and leverage our sandboxes and learning labs, but all the content that they're, again, no cost for it. Um, some of it, you do have to register for DevNet so we know kind of who's out there and, and kind of understand our community better, but there's no dollar cost. It's all completely free. So this is a, I've got a few questions. So let me ask mm -hmm. this first. You and I have done a whole bunch of um, calls together mm -hmm. and I've published that on my YouTube channel. It sounds like this is slightly different because firstly, it's live and then you're recording that. But mm -hmm. secondly, you're also getting a lot of your team members, or I, I don't know what the right term is, but a lot of the people at DevNet to, to come and present as well. 
Correct. Yeah, I would say that the the or the the presenters that we we bring in to deliver the sessions, I, I, I talk about them and we, we consider them kind of the extended DevNet community. Some of them are developer advocates that kind of talk about different technologies. Other folks are Cisco SEs that are inside Cisco that have been kind of diving into programmability and go through. And then occasionally we'll have um, members of our engineering teams on products. So, for example, this one we're looking at here on PyATS. Um, we actually had two presenters for this one. Simon Hart is a SE and solutions architect out of the UK, over by you, David. Um, and so he came in and, and led the demos. And then Simming here, he's actually the technical architect behind PyATS and Genie. So he started out the session with kind of a, a bit of background on where the product came from, um, how they think about it, the, the development elements, kind of the strategies for use cases. And then Simon went ahead and, and spent about 40 minutes actually in this session delivering demos, um, what, taking everybody from kind of um, brand new to network automation and how you can immediately take advantage of, of PyATS and Genie and then kind of working your way up through more sophisticated examples um, on the piece. So this was a great episode. And we've talked a bunch about PyATS and Genie as well. So this is kind of back in that same theme to go through. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to ask you, is it like theoretical? But it sounds like it's not. I mean, you, you do like a bit of theory, but there's a lot of practical examples as well in these uh, in these demos. Is that right? Absolutely. I, I can't think of any of the episodes that we've had that didn't include some practical code example or demonstration. And many of the episodes um, actually do live demonstrations that go through. So um, this episode on PyATS, again, it was about 40 minutes of watching Simon um, run live examples using using code pieces that are there. The session I'm going to do on Tuesday on network automation, security principles and strategies, um, I'll be back and forth from kind of introducing a topic using slides and then kind of demonstrating those um, in live code examples and kind of walking through how these things work. So, yeah, it's very little kind of in the, the high level kind of um, let's call it the, the marketing bits, right? It's very practical types of skills and techniques and trip, um, tips that you can take advantage of today. Which is great. I mean, so here's another question. How do you determine which topics you're going to cover in the season? Yeah, I, it's, that's always the, the hardest bit that goes in. Um, and so when we, we start planning for a new season, I usually start out by just brainstorming um, a list of, of topic ideas, not even titles. It's just like things that seem interesting to me and stuff that I've heard the community talking about or questions that I've seen out there. Um, I'll often also kind of reach out to the community. Um, and so NetDevOps Live is up on Twitter, at NetDevOps Live. Obviously, I'm on Twitter as well. Um, we've got a WebEx Teams community that goes through. And so I'll put together, um, I put together like just a, a quick little um, kind of Google form that said, hey, what topics are people interested in? And so I throw it out there for a week or two and see what kind of interest and in, in topic ideas come through. And I end up with this huge, huge pile of potential topic ideas. And I start kind of going through them, uh, grouping them together into common themes. And then from there, I start to assemble kind of um, session title ideas. Um, and that's kind of where it starts as I go through and say, OK, we've had a lot of people that have asked about kind of uh, we'll go with automation security, how to how to securely do network automation, password principles. Uh, encryption ideas, authentication pieces. And so, okay, we want a session on that. So I put together a title that looks like that. And so I'll distill the topic ideas down into a bunch of title, potential titles that go through. And I often end up with more title ideas than we would have potential slots in a season. And so then it's about kind of figuring out, okay, is, will there be a theme for this season? Is there, is there, um, 
is there ones that seem more more interesting and popular or timely than others and and kind of distill it down to a season and, and our season i don't think i mentioned this yet um a season the target is about three months so like 12 episodes to go through on a season um this season um we went with 13 because we're doing a live community forum at cisco live um, in about a week and a half and so that kind of got stuck into the middle of year here at the tail end of season two um, but we've got 12 topical sessions and then the community forum that goes in. And so, um, and so it, it goes from there. And then, then I float the topic ideas. Once I've got a rough agenda through, I kind of pass it past some of the other folks that I know inside of DevNet. So give um, Mandy Whaley, who leads the developer advocacy team, and, and um, an idea, kind of get, let her get some feedback, some ideas on kind of what we think it fits into, float it past some of the other folks that I know out there. And once we feel we've got a good kind of agenda ready to go, um, I start finding presenters. Um, I, as much as I'd love to do every session myself, it takes a lot of time to assemble these, and I'm not always the expert in the topics that are out there. And I was so going to say, I, Hank, I'm disappointed. You know, I'd expect you to do everything yourself. Oh God, yeah, no, <laughs> no I, it'd be awesome, but but unfortunately, no. Uh, believe it or not, like running running this webinar series is actually not my day job. Um, as it goes through, it's something I do a bit as a as a labor of love. Um, it's really important. I think the topic ideas are there. And so I've had to kind of figure out how much and how I can leverage um, the other folks that I know that are in the community. And frankly, I don't I'm think- I'm just they, kidding, of course. No, and, and, and honestly, I don't, I don't think everybody just wants to hear me talk all the time. A little bit of variety <laughs> now and again is, is probably a good thing. Yeah, so, let, so some more questions. How, mm -hmm. how did you say people can submit their ideas? Is it just, uh, will you give me links that I can put it below this video, perhaps? I will. So you know what I'll do is I'll put one together uh, from this. And it's really, it's just a link to a Google form, completely anonymous. And it's just, hey, what, what would you like to hear hear about? Or what, what are some different network automation topics that you'd like us to potentially consider for coverage? And we're getting to the point now where we'll start collecting ideas um, for a potential next season as we go through on that. So yeah, I'll definitely throw that, um, put that link back together so that you can have it and post it. So w when you talk about seasons, I mean, is it like once a year, once, you know, twice a year, how often do you run these seasons? Yeah, so it's, it, there's no hard and fast rule. So our first season um, started in the, it was the fall of 2018. So I think it was, it ran from like, um, I think September, October, and November in 2018. Um, and then we started season two in April. So it, it ran, it's running April, May, and then June, and it'll finish at the end of June. Um, we haven't set the specific plans for when the next season will run, but I imagine it'll be maybe um, we might come back after kind of the big summer conference season goes through. This is a, we're, we're kicking into a really busy time for, um, for our team in DevNet as we, we run from Cisco Live and a couple other events. And so we might look at the fall. Um, so come back probably in that September, October, November timeframe for season three. So a couple of seasons a year is probably kind of where we target into. That's great. I mean, so here's a hard question for you. As always, you know me, I like to push you. Um, which was your most popular or what are your most popular mm. um, sort of videos or sessions? I don't know what you want to call it. Like what, what do you what do you think has had people have been most interested in? So have you got like a top three that you can share? I, I can think of one that I definitely know. Yeah, so I, I mean, looking at the metrics for registrations and, and which videos have been the, the most popular, it's it's probably not a huge shocker. They tend to be kind of the um, the introduction to Python or Python tips. And so if we go um, if I jump to season one, um, episode one. So season one, episode one was useful Python libraries for network engineers, uh, really targeted to the audience that was there. Um, it was well attended. I remember. Yeah. yeah, it was well attended live. It continues to be one of one of our most popular videos up on YouTube. 
um, even today. And it's it's been months and months since it went. So this was a really popular one that went through. And then we actually, because of the popularity of that one, when we started season two, um, I actually purposely put uh, Python skills and techniques for network engineers is how we started season two. And this was another one that was really well attended live. And it's been a popular one that went through as well. Um, so those kind of fundamental Python skills, really quite popular as they go in. And then a, a few weeks ago in season two, I can't remember which episode, I think it was like five, where is it here? Yeah, this one five. I thought this was another good one that was um, kind of went through. And again, it's it's back to these kind of fundamental bits. And so in, in laptop tips and tricks, um, I went after it saying, okay, we've got all of these network engineers that are starting to use their laptops as kind of a, a network development or network automation type of a workstation. And elements of kind of using your, your laptop that way are different from how we've used them traditionally as it goes through. So I kind of assembled some ideas that kind of um, I've learned and, and kind of become part of my daily practice and put them together in a session um, and went through. And so this was another great one that went through. But all the episodes have been really, really well attended and, and popular on them um, as it goes through. So, so how, how have you found it? Is do you, do you think it's the, the having it live is is better sometimes than doing recordings, or you know what's the feedback been from you know live versus just recorded sessions? Yeah, it's that's one that I, I honestly keep asking myself a little bit too. Um, one of the reasons I we went with the live format is having a scheduled event that people can register for um, does a bit of a deadline piece for our presenters, right? So if we say, oh, we're just going to throw a video together and there's no no particular date for it, then those those dates can kind of fluctuate. Um, but deadline driven development is something that's really, really kind of drives a lot of us. And so when when I put a date on it and say, OK, you're going to deliver this session, it's going to be at 11 a.m. Eastern time on June 4th. Um, we know the content will be ready. And so that was a big part of why, one of the reasons we put it together, just to make sure that the content gets created and, and regular day job and life kind of uh, doesn't always get in the way as it went through. Now, that said, um, there are some, some pieces of the live elements. So we, we usually, we get a good turnout on the live webinars as they go through, but the, the, the recorded videos are definitely seen and leveraged and used far more by a larger and wider audience than the live sessions do. And we knew that going into it. Um, I never expected that we would get thousands of people on a live video, but we'll get thousands of people watching the recorded sessions as they go through. And so having both, I think, has value as it goes in. I mean, that's great. I mean, so let's go back to that question. And I see you've got another tab open on your browser. It's like, how do I get started? Have you, because mm. it's always the problem, you know, for a lot of guys, I mean, we, you and I have been doing this for a long time. You know, we used to sort of spinning things up, developing, but there's still a large group, I would assume, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's still a large group of people who are just starting. Mm -hmm. Is there a place where they can, you know, start? You know, what would you recommend? How do, how would they get started? Yeah, I mean, we were constantly surprised to some extent about how many people are still to, at that kind of just entry level point and looking to go through. And so DevNet came up with this, this idea around kind of this start now concept. And so if you go to developer.cisco.com slash start now, or there's a link on the main developer.cisco.com page as well. Um, we put this together as kind of exactly like it says, a curated list of learning content. And so if you're brand new to network automation, you're trying to figure out 
just inundated by all of this material that's there. Um, you can jump to the Start Now page. And depending on kind of where you're coming from and what you're interested in getting started with, um, we've kind of curated a set of learning labs and content that you can jump into to help you kind of drive yourself into that direction and act as a jumping off point. And so if you come in and you're an enterprise networking engineer focused on things like campus, LAN, and WAN, um, you can click the EN networking button and you can see we've got four hours and about 10 labs of content that we feel is a great place to get started. Um, if you're coming at it from a collaboration focus, we've got labs on, on WebEx that's out there, um, data center networking. And so these are very kind of targeted out of the very large catalog of content that DevNet has and says, okay, give these a shot. And then from there, you can jump in other areas. One of the other exciting pieces we have for folks that, are, that have the opportunity to join us at a, a big event like a Cisco Live, we've actually taken the Start Now concept from the digital and brought it into those in live events. And so we have an entire section of DevNet Zone at our events dedicated to Start Now, where we run through um, kind of funda coding fundamental labs all day long, classroom sessions. So you can come in at any point, sit down, and kind of jump into some of our basic labs. Um, we've got times where you can sit down with one of the DevNet developers and kind of help um, just ask questions and get some advice on kind of where to go and what resources might make sense and introduce you to folks that are out there. Um, and so that kind of start now concept is something that's been really kind of important over this last year or so, um, helping kind of give a, a targeted entry point for, for our audience that's out there that's just getting started. So Hank, this is the problem that I see on DevNet, and it's the same problem that I see with you know what you've what you've done on Net DevOps Live. Is sometimes it's just too much content. So where do we start? Is there, do you have like sort of like a recommended like first video, second video, perhaps third video that people can start with? Sure. I, I mean, there's always the opportunity just to watch them in order, um, but there's yeah. no need for that. Each video kind of does stand on its own. There's no there's no required prerequisites, and so if you're coming after it. I would say that the, um, the, uh, the first ones to tackle are probably some of those same, same ones we talked about in the popularity. And so season one, episode one, useful Python libraries for network engineers is a great entry point because it kind of tackles those pieces, gives you some pointers as it goes in. Um, and then after that one, um, I would say taking season two, episode one, which kind of continues that Python journey is another good one to go through, kind of continuing kind of in that same general vein as it goes through. And then after those, or even before those, depending on kind of the order you want to do, um, episode five from season two is that laptop tips and, tips and tricks, another great one. Because I think uh, when I put the content for this one together, my, my thought process was these are things I wish I knew when I first got started. And so kind of tackling those early. So I think those are, those are three good videos. But if there's a project or a technology you're interested in, so if you're interested in Ansible specifically, we've got a session on Ansible. You can jump right to that. There's no reason you can't. Um, or if you've been doing Ansible, but you're interested in kind of how to do more, we did a season, we did a talk um, this season as well. I think it was pretty soon. Let me see if I can find it on actually extending Ansible. And there it is um, using custom modules and roles. And so I would say you can you can tackle those three I mentioned, the two Python, the laptop tips and tricks, but kind of look at the topics that are out there as well, because there may be one that kind of targets specifically a challenge that you're after today. And maybe we've got a video for it. So, Hank, you've been doing this for a long time. Where mm. do you see it going? I mean, Pi ATS, Genie has made things a lot simpler, I think. Where do you sort of see things going? Is it 
more network automation or will we as network people become developers one day? I mean, we had that whole thing, we are developers, but I mean, any sort of thoughts about where things are going in the next six months? Uh, And I'm I'm asking a very vague question, but like, what do you think is important to to concentrate on next six months to 12 months? Yeah, I mean, I think that... Sorry. No, it's a it's a good question as it goes through, but it's a tough one, and it's it's yeah. it's like putting a finger in the wind to see where it goes. Yeah. I think the um I think the momentum behind network automation and these types of concepts is just going to continue to grow, yeah. and so continuing down those paths, exploring the pieces that are there, I think make a ton of sense. Um, I recently was at Interop, I uh, had an opportunity to go for my first time there, and had a great time, and heard from a lot of folks kind of in this network automation space. And I saw a lot of people talking about kind of two different approaches to getting into network automation. Um, one approach where people um, maybe are, are, aren't as interested in the, the coding aspects of it, but more interested in kind of just taking advantage of tooling that's available, which I think is, is completely true. And then there's also folks um, that may be more interested or kind of in, that, in the coding space. And so I think identifying that way makes a lot of sense. Now, if you come at it saying, you know, I don't want to do any coding at all, I think at some point you might struggle a bit. But if you're coming into it and saying, you know, what can I do kind of with the, with what's out there? Um, looking at things like Ansible and Genie and some of these other pink things that don't really require tooling, but still provide a lot of value in the automation space is a great way to get started. And it wasn't a, uh, something I'd actually kind of thought about or put into that perspective before, but I think there's a, a real value on that is to wait a ways to do network automation that it, that are light in the coding areas. And, and I think that's an area that I, I'm excited to kind of see more of that type of grow as we see things like the Genie CLI that provide a lot of power, but don't require a lot of um, network automation pieces. Uh, what I was saying is, is like Genie doesn't require a lot of coding. And I put Ansible in that same bucket. Like to get started with Ansible, you don't need a lot of coding. Um, uh, eventually, usually that comes in, but to the starting points don't need a bunch, so. I think it's this whole thing, why reinvent the wheel? If someone who's like a software developer, has got lots of experience and that's all they do, has written a tool, why would I, as a network guy, have to go and try and replicate that? It seems to make a lot more sense mm-hmm. just to leverage that tool. No, and, and, and I've, never, um, I've never been a fan of thinking that we need to reinvent wheels all the time. I think what the network automation engineer, the network developer is going to spend a lot of our time doing when we're building code or, or doing pieces like that, it's not building tools per se. It's really going to be kind of um, something I've heard referred to as kind of like glue code, right? So we've got three or four different things we're using. Um, and they all work really well on their own, but I need a way to kind of take something from system one and integrate it with system two and then take the output of that one to system three and then finally get the result. And it's it's that bridge code. I think that's where we're going to spend a lot of our time um, as we kind of evolve and become more sophisticated. But individual tool use should be fairly kind of off the shelf, I think, is kind of where we'll end up. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, I think when you and I started doing a lot of the network automation stuff, there weren't there weren't necessarily that many tools around. So it was like the early days. You know, you had, you had to do a lot yourself. But as mm-hmm. it it looks like, as things are maturing, a lot of these standard tools are becoming available. Like we had um, Paramico, then it became Netmico, mm-hmm. and now we've we've got a nonia as an as an iteration of that it seems like the tools are getting more and more refined which makes it easier for everyone yeah and i think we'll we'll, we'll continue to see that go through 
Um, and then, as I mentioned, the, the focus we'll have is really not in building the tools, but pulling them together into the, the pipelines and the, the order that we need for our individual use cases. Hank, I don't, want to, I don't want to put you on the spot. And obviously, I don't want to get you into hot water, but just your personal opinion about the industry and sort of where things are going. Do you still see network automation, programmability as being the future for the next few years? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's, it's I think that that, I mean, anything could change, but I think it's almost a given that that's kind of the new, the new norm and direction that goes through. Um, even, even inside of Cisco, um, our marquee products like Cisco DNA Center, Cisco ACI, at the heart of them, they're doing automation. They're, they're doing a lot of the automation and trying to offload some of that so that folks don't have to do as much heavy lifting on their own. But even at that point, every one of those tools are built with an idea that somebody's going to integrate that into something else. And so if you're using Cisco DNA Center, the actual automation of the individual switches might be handled by Cisco DNA Center, but you still need to get information to and from DNA Center. You need to integrate it with your ticketing system. You need to figure out how you're going to work that into your operational logging system. And so the, the kind of the outbind automation pieces is a huge part of that tool set. We see the same thing with Meraki and with um, with Cisco ACI out there. So I think automation and this kind of integration um, is just the new norm, and, and we should expect to see that as, as to continue. Well, that's great advice. I think it's it's very true. Well, that's great. So Hank, thanks so much. I want to wish you all the best, and see you in a week. Sounds good. Talk to you soon, David. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Be sure to visit David's YouTube channel at David Bumble, where you can subscribe and watch all of his videos. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Catch you next time on the David Bumble Networking Podcast. All the best. Take care.